Romans 6, 12 to 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought, brought, brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. And chapter 8, verses 9 to 11. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, we're going to need our Bibles this morning, so... Um, if you want to grab a spare one from the back, um, now's the time to do so. Um, great. Let's reach out and grab the hands of uh, the people we're with. Worshipping, I just saw um, again just into just the heavenlies where you and I are by the grace of God. And we're all gathered there, just generation upon generation of those who've gone before, and you and I robed in white because of the blood of the Lamb. And uh, Jesus just stood and every knee just bowed before and I just want to release that over us as a church that we have been robed in white because of the blood of Jesus that's been spilled and we are now brought into the place and when he stands we kneel and we make way for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords even as I share this morning, Lord, may it be with just such uh, thankfulness and a joy in who you are. And may you receive the adoration of our lives. That even getting on our knees wouldn't convey that you deserve everything in response. We love you so much, Lord. And we honour you and worship you. 
And may our lives just be a fragrant offering back to you. Amen. Amen. Well, what a joy to be together. I'm going to do a part two from a week ago, uh, and I'm talking about the liberating power of Jesus. This is part two, um, and if you weren't here a week ago, I'll do a quick recap in a minute. Um, Do we believe God wants to pour out his spirit and change this nation? Do we? You believe that? Okay. Do we, do we believe that there's some opposition to that? Yes. Okay. Uh, in the form personified evil of Satan. Okay. And is he powerful? Yes. Mm. <laughs> he's influential when he's allowed to be, but he's defeated, isn't he? Yeah. So hang on, just, just look how far he is beneath our feet. As a defeated uh, being. Um, So, okay. Um, Where might God be wanting to work in order for a full realisation of his kingdom? In us. Who believes here they can be like Jesus? Okay. Honestly. You know, uh, you're going to do greater things than I've done. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Um, So who here believes we're called to be like Jesus? The firstborn of all creation, the second Adam, the one who's making you what was lost at the beginning and who's reconciling us back to the Father, bringing us in Christ to the heavenly realms, even though we're not there in body yet, so that we can live with him and through the power of his spirit change the world around us. Do you believe that? Okay. Fantastic. The primary difference between us and Jesus is Jesus was without sin. So, are you a sinner? Okay, well, now we're confused because we're reading. We're like, are we saints or are we able to sin? Of course we are. We have a choice. One of the gifts of God, we have freedom to choose. And we were thinking a week ago about how uh, sin for me, is, is there any mindset that we have or any thought in our heads that Jesus, the one who's the firstborn of this redeemed humanity that he's forged through uh, the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection, uh, is there any thought or mindset in our heads which Jesus would not have had? Is there any deed or action that we do that Jesus would not have done? That, for me, is sin. Is there anything that we feel out of control with in our lives or controlled by? And I just want to proclaim to you this morning that Jesus is setting people free. And when I want to focus on the liberating power of Jesus, we're seeing him heal bodies. We're seeing him free minds. But I just want to proclaim this morning that he is here amongst us to free us from the power of sin so that when something comes along, we will be able to lean into the power of Jesus and not sin so that we don't have three days of shame that follows us 
and we're not taken out temporarily until we manage to recover enough and get back on the game. Or let me put it in another way. Do we sometimes in our heart of hearts feel that, whether it's emotionally, in our psyche, in our bodies, that we carry a bit of a ball and chain around us, which is never the wife. Um, but we carry a ball and chain around us, which just, we just, <laughs> which, which means that we just can never get free of this thing. I don't know whether you ever think that. Well, I just want to proclaim to you now, as I said a week ago, I used to obsessively count. You know, so listen to the talk if you want more on this. Obsessively count in, relentlessly in eights. And what I was proclaiming is the process by which the liberating power of Jesus has been released. And according to scripture, it's because we and I have been united with Jesus in his death. So that 23 years ago, when I gave my life to Jesus, I was united with what happened to him at Golgotha 2,000 years ago. I was united with him. So the James then died with Christ. So that my standing before God has been crucified because I've put my faith in the one who was crucified and took every sin for all of time on his shoulders. Yeah? Do you believe that? Yeah. Now... I was um, hearing from a few people this week that the message last week was die to sin. That was kind of it, wasn't it? But do you see how much we focus on the cross and neglect the power of the resurrection? Because Romans 6 verse 5, if we have been united with him in a death like his, how much surely will we be united with him in a resurrection like his? So the one who died for every sin on the whole planet for all of history is the one when they put his dead body in a tomb, rose again, the stone rolled away, he came out, and the grave clothes were left folded, <laughs> which is interesting, isn't it? Not just flung on the floor like my son's bedroom, <laughs> folded neatly. It's like, I don't know if the angels did that or Jesus did that. It's like, the stone's rolled away, here I am, <laughs> just going to fold it neatly and just... Get the iron out and just fold them. Anyway, the folded grave clothes um, were there. And we've been united with the same power that he brought that was released 2,000 years ago on Easter Sunday when he walked out of the tomb and released that to you and I. Meaning that, as we've just been singing, we have been resurrected with Jesus Christ. Not physically yet, but spiritually and what that means is that his resurrection life is resident within us, and we'll get to this. And this morning, I want to proclaim to you how we get free of the power of sin, part two of what we did last week. I just want to say, you know, for me, Jesus set me free from the gene pool I inherited, which was quite a highly addictive personality. That meant for me, you know, I wasn't kind of like gambling or, you know, whatever, um, but what I was just obsessively counting in eights after I'd been born again and filled with the Spirit. Okay? Anyway, there was a lady at the 9 o'clock service this morning, and she gave a little testimony. I think we might have it. Isn't that cool? I did manage to get my phone out in time, but basically she was talking about, she doesn't count in eights, but she obsessively counts the number of streetlights, the curtain hooks on her curtains, and all that. 
Isn't that amazing? Praise God. So I just want to tell you, yeah, so good. So I just want to tell you today, I want to speak into our beliefs. I want to stir up the gift which is in you, and we'll get to that. And then I'll tell you what, I think we're going to go late today because we're going to pray for anything that would like us to that moves, okay? And, um, and I just, you know, that was one week ago, and she hasn't counted all week. You know, that's amazing. You know, I love that. So I tell you what, do not leave this room until the liberating power of Jesus has filled your life, okay? So, <laughs> um, so let's turn to Romans, Romans 6. And we finished last week thinking about, therefore, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So whatever your thing is, let me give you another example this morning and let's see if it's healed by next Sunday. All right, you know, I would just because of my background, I would be, you know, very confident until I came near authority figures, and I would just sh- shrink and whatever. I'd meet someone, you know, um, influential, you know, headmaster, you know, uh, someone important, and I would just, I would just get really nervous and not be able to speak and just get really shy, you know, because of my background that I was recovering from. Does anybody ever relate to that? Okay, that is not the case anymore. The first boss God gave me was a South African boer um, who just would be much, you know, be very happy riding without a saddle, bare horseback, with one of those Indiana Jones whips, you know, just fighting bears on his own. You know, now if you are feeling slightly emotionally shy, he is not the guy (laughs) to spend any time with. It's like I'm crumbling inside. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's kind of like. Anyway, so, and that is not me anymore because of what God has done, okay? Consider yourselves dead to sin. When we think a thought which Jesus wouldn't have, I'm afraid to say we're sinning. And we need his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy for, which is always freely available. But consider yourselves dead to sin. So I consider myself now dead to the terror when I'm near an authority figure. And when that feeling comes near me, I'm like, oh, hello. You, you can try your best, but this guy who would have been, you know, taken out by that, he died a long time ago. He actually died with his Lord 2,000 years ago. I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. Not now filled with brash confidence, but filled with just a humility and a peace, able to be myself, even if I'm in front of whoever. Okay. So I consider myself dead to these feelings because they actually perish with Jesus and alive to who I am in God. Okay? Right. So let's go to our passage today. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Therefore, okay, we finished last week. Think of yourselves as dead to sin. It gets stronger. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. If we're being commanded not to let it, then it must be possible to get free of this stuff. Because it doesn't say, you know, get forgiveness of sin, live the best you can, try really, really, really hard, 
and then just the bit that you never quite get free of, thankfully when you die, you'll be finally liberated forever. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Now, what's interesting in this passage is the word dominion comes twice. And it it comes in verse 14 as well. But when it comes in verse 12, it's a different root word to the word that's used in verse 14. In verse 12, the word dominion, it comes from the same root word that kingdom comes from. So when Jesus says, um, the time has come, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent and believe the good news, the word for kingdom is the same word, root word being used for dominion here. Okay? So, on Thursday, I could have got a P&O ferry and left the dominion of the United Kingdom and arrived in Calais and... I would, uh, there would have been no difference, would there? Because the laws and customs were largely aligned. If I got a P&O ferry on Saturday, then I would have moved from this realm, and if I'd got off the ferry at Calais, I would have gone into a situation with a completely different status, legal standing, And what will follow is different customs, different binding laws and authority over me. Okay? Does this make sense? This is not a political message, by the way. (laughs) Just trying to illustrate this. Right. So, I am in the kingdom of God because of what happened to Jesus 2,000 years ago. By my faith in him, what he did on the cross in the resurrection, I, I put my faith and trust in that, and I have been transferred into the kingdom of God. For the sake of this analogy, the United Kingdom, which we pray God will increasingly do um, as we go forward. Okay? So when I begin to think I'm before someone really, really scary and, and a feeling comes up within me where I begin to lose myself, I begin to dial things down, I get nervous, I get shy or whatever. Or you apply this however you want to. You know, you feel like anger rises up and it's like a matter of time before I lose control. Or, I, or the obsessive counting, or whatever it is, you apply it, okay? So I'm in the kingdom of God, but I'm getting very close to Calais. I'm not demonising the French or any of that, or the European Union. I'm really not. I'm just using it for analogy. And the feeling comes, and the, the boat comes into the harbour, and this feeling comes of whatever it is rising up within me, And I have a choice whether I come into a new kingdom where I'm going to come under the binding authority and the laws and customs of this realm or not. I can see it, I can feel it, but I am not going to put my foot on that gangway. I'm going to let them clean the cabins and we're going to turn right the way around and going to take me back here. Because I'm not letting sin have dominion over my life. I can see it, I can feel it. It, it may come from somebody um, who died a long time ago, so there's no possible way that I can get on the gangway and board onto the new kingdom because I'm not going to let that have dominion over my life. They can't really, anyway. It's a, it's a pointless temptation because that person died with Jesus 2,000 years ago. Does this make sense? Yeah. Then it goes on. 
no longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness. So what I'm not going to do is, I'm, there's no way I'm going to set foot on French soil in Calais. Absolutely no way. And present whatever it is. A fractured psyche that I used to have. A fractured leg that I used to have. Whatever it is. I am not going to present any member, any constituent part of who I am, body, mind and spirit, as an instrument of wickedness. I could, I could do that because I have a choice, but I need to remind myself that the desires and appetites are actually coming from someone who died 2,000 years ago. So I could try and go to the churchyard with my shovel and dig up the grave where James died at 15 years old, because actually I have no rights and obligations over my life any longer. But it's a, that would be a bit weird and spooky. So I am going to remember that I've died to those appetites and I'm not going to present my members as instruments of wickedness any longer. I was saying this morning, for me, where I had an obsessive desire to count compulsively, if I had an abacus in my bedroom and I had a re recorded tape that just did 8, 16, 24, 30, you know, whatever, over and over again, I, I'm, I'm presenting my members as instruments of wickedness. I'm coming under the binding legal authority. So I have to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm getting rid of that. Okay? Does this make sense? Yeah. But present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Now, if I feel the need to count, or if I feel anger rising up, or if I feel this, okay, I just want to proclaim a bit of a mindset shift again on this, which I've found freedom in, and I pray it will be found today. Present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life. The literal translation of this is, present yourselves to God as those who've been brought out of the dead ones into the space where the living ones are. That's literally how you would translate the original language. Present yourselves to God as those who've been brought out of the dead ones. I do not live amongst the dead any longer. And now I present myself to God as one who lives in the place where the real, living, resurrected ones are. Okay? And present your members, your body, mind, spirit, every part of who you are, to God as instruments of righteousness. Okay. Is everyone all right? Yeah. Is this interesting? Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, Arch. Um, when I think of myself as having a small shadow side that I can never, ever get rid of, I'm thinking of myself as living amongst the dead ones. But when I present myself to God as one who's been moved out of residency with the dead ones into residency with the ones who've been resurrected, then I'm able to then think of myself in a completely different way. There's been a transfer from death to life because of our uniting with Christ. And so then when I present my members 
not to be instruments of wickedness, but to be instruments of righteousness, what's going on is that in the old space, I, my you know, obsessive, compulsive desire to count was a serious place of weakness in my life. That is a mark of being living amongst the dead ones. Now when I present myself to God, I cannot wait to see what the power of this mind, energised by God, can fully be released. I'm actually rubbish at maths, but I've somehow seem to have been involved in a very small way in the birthing of some maths geniuses. <laughs> so, I don't know, I'm just saying, you know, um, which I have, yeah, it must be you, love. Um, but now I can, pres I can present every part of me not limping forward, but every part of me. So I can now say, I've been transferred, so now this sound mind, this whole body, this heart which is wide open, this, this person who is able to be under the scariest authority and never lose my peace, I am now resident among the living ones, resurrected by Jesus, and now I'm able to be who God's called me to be for the sake of the extension of the kingdom and the blessing of this planet to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Okay? Right. So that's good, isn't it? Is everyone happy about that? For we don't live under the dominion of... For, for sin will no longer have dominion. Here we go. It's not the root word kingdom. It's the root word for Lord. For sin will no longer have... Be a Lord over you because you're not under law but under grace. There's no possible way that sin can be a lord over you. Why? Because we've got a different lord. And he's one who went through what we've been through, came out the other side, rose from the dead, is now the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the one who, by his grace, we are under his law, his way of being, as we go forward. Is this good? So, don't do that stuff. It's weird to do that anyway, because you're going to the graveyard with a shovel, trying to dig up someone who died ages ago. But now you're presenting yourself, not as someone, please, I'd love my mind to be free, you know, and all of that. You're now saying, no, the one who had a, uh, a fractured mind lived among the dead. They died here. The one who is alive, who is going to have a sound mind, who is going to be have creative divine intelligence ready to have ideas that nobody's had ideas before on is now presenting every part of him or herself to God as an instrument of righteousness right standing with God able to reflect his heart, character and nature fully Okay. now let's skip forward to Romans chapter 8 I'd love to tell you about Romans um, the rest of Romans 6 where choose your master carefully is what he says at the end of 6 in Romans 7, he talks about our relationship with the law in the first part. And he basically says, in the same way that a divorced woman in Jewish law cannot marry again until her husband dies. And that's what's happened with the law that's been fulfilled in Jesus. Then we get into that weird passage where I'm telling you, Paul is identifying with his Jewish listeners in Rome, where he's saying, oh, I can never do the things I want to do. The things I never want to do, I don't do. What a wretched man I am. And the Protestant church, unfortunately, has said, yes, what a wretched man we are. And, and yet, they don't remember the rest of the verse. Wretched man that I am. Chapter 7, verse 24. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Who will rescue me from this body of death? This guy who gave his life. Thanks be to God. 
Through Jesus Christ our Lord, verse 25. We've forgotten the next one. Who will rescue me from this body of death? The one who died and who rose again. He's the one who rescues us from this body of death. Boom. <laughs> right. But anyway, we haven't, got time. We haven't really got time to look at Romans 7. So um, let's skip on uh, to... Um, I just want to tell you now and fan into flame what you have within you to bring life to the shadow side of you. Okay? I just want to proclaim this now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pick up at verse 10. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. You don't deserve the spirit in your, on your own merits, but because he fulfilled all the requirements, because he is righteousness, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, we have become the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you. Okay, well let's just think about this. It's Good Friday. Jesus is laid in the tomb. Joseph of Arimathea's tomb is sealed with such a heavy boulder. There's guards outside. You know, an interesting question for us is how was Jesus raised from the dead? By the Spirit. Fantastic. Let me ask you another question. Do you have the Spirit? Yes. How do you know? <laughs> do you have the Spirit? Yes. Okay, if, you, if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, you can be confident when someone like me says, do you, do you have the Holy Spirit? Yes. And you know this, because if you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be able to answer this question. Who here loves Jesus? Okay, put up two hands. Who here loves Jesus? Okay. You, when someone asks me, do you have the Spirit, you would not be able to say, I love Jesus. He is my Lord, unless the Spirit inclined your heart and softened our inner being and gave us grace to love him as he is. So you have the Holy Spirit. We might want more. We might want more power, whatever it is, but you have the Holy Spirit, okay? So, does the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwell within you? Yes. How do you know? Because we love Jesus. Fantastic. If the Spirit of him, verse 11, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells within you, he who raised Christ from the dead, the Spirit, he who raised Christ from the dead, so we're thinking about Joseph's tomb on Sunday morning, the tomb is sealed up, and then the Father says, the time is now. And then he sends the Spirit into the tomb. Jesus begins to breathe. The grave clothes fall off. The stone rolls back. There's an earthquake. The dead rise all over Jerusalem. Well, I, I think the dead have already risen all over Jerusalem. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe they rose then. I can't remember. Don't get lost in that. Anyway, <laughs> then Jesus begins to breathe. Um, I presume that the white pallor in his skin became rosy again. He, or olive complexion, I'm getting lost now, whatever it is, as a, as a Palestinian Jewish man, whatever. Um, and then he folds his grave clothes up and, and then walks out and he hugs Mary. He thinks he's the gardener and he says, Mary. And then she's like, oh my goodness, it's you, Lord. And then she goes running to tell the disciples. If the spirit who did that to a dead man who was dead dwells within you, then what does it say? He who raised Christ from the dead will give life 
to you when you finally die and go to heaven so that you can live with him forever. No, it says, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells within you. So I have been obsessively counting for whatever. No, that is, I'm thinking of myself as dead to that now. I'm united with Christ and his death and his resurrection. I'm presenting all of me, even my weird counting, to God, so that now, if he wants to use the arithmetic in my head as an instrument of righteousness, he can. And because I've given my heart to Jesus, the spirit who dwells within me is now breathing life to this weird counting so that my mind is freed, walking in peace, able to think the thoughts of Jesus and able to bring life and blessing wherever I go. He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies, body, mind and spirit, to your shadow side, to the ball and chain, so that you're able to live for him by his spirit that dwells within you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I just want to say, guys, I tell you what, you know, we are living this out. You know, and I just, I'm in awe of who um, God is making you to be. You know, it's just such a blessing to be amongst you. But I tell you what, you know, as I've said it before, as the culture in our day does this with the church, I'm telling you what, you know, there might be one or two who take an aversion to the morality and ethics and grace on the church. But I'm telling you, people are crying out. For life. People are spending thousands on counselling, thousands on whatever, going to this stuff. And we've got him who raised Jesus from the dead living in us. I mean, it's unbelievable. Praise God. It's not unbelievable. It's believable. It's so good. All right. So, so I just want to, I just want to just um, lead us in some prayers. And then um, I, ju- I would just love to pray this morning. I'll tell you, unless you've got try and work out what to do. Um, yeah. Jesus, let your freeing power just hit us. By your spirit, let it fan into flame within us afresh and let it come upon us with anointing power. And we just present to you all of who we are. Thank you, Father, that you know every hair in our head and every thought in our hearts. You're the one who formed us. You're the one who called us through Jesus into your kingdom. And you're the one who is just reconciling every part of who we are. You're making all things new, even now. And so we present ourselves to you to be used by you as instruments of righteousness, reflecting back the beauty, holiness, joy, the majesty of who you are in every part of our lives, in our psyche, in our emotions, in our memories, in our bodies, in our patterns of behavior, in our personalities, every part of us presented to you as instruments of righteousness. May you take our lives and make them your own. 
And just in the name of Jesus, I just declare the blood of the Lamb and the power of the, the wounded Lamb who rose from the grave and conquered death. I just release his power in this room right now. Uh, what, I've, what I've said, Holy Spirit, you would apply with unction and with grace and creative power to liberate us to the glory of Jesus. Bless us to have the soundest minds and the most loving hearts and the most generous personalities, the most humble character, the most worshipful hearts and the boldest and most courageous faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was just praying um, uh, I feel like Jesus wants to bring joy to parts of our bodies, minds, spirits, where there's been sadness and decay. That he would turn mourning into dancing. That he would turn night into day. That he would uh, clothe us, instead of despair, he'd clothe us with gladness again. And I'm telling you what, as somebody who's been freed from feeling down, having periods of whatever, I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord has become my strength and he's becoming our strength. And I just want to pray now that the joy of the Lord would fill every fibre of our being, every molecule, every cell, every fibre of our being, and not a falsified, you know, hollow giggle, but just a deep well of just delight in who God is and delight in knowing his love, a delight in being in his kingdom, a delight in knowing Jesus, a delight in being chosen and called by him and a delight in following him with everything that we have. Thank you, Lord. I just bless you now to receive the joy of the Lord that it would become your strength. What I'd love to do, guys, is um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to... I just want to impart joy. <laughs> so I think the best way of doing that is I think we're going to have a joy tunnel. And what we're going to do is I think there's lots of us here today is um, I think this middle uh, body of the church... Um, we're going to stack the chairs in threes and just push them to the edges as much as we can um, just to, so that we can make space. Um, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing if you need to slip off for whatever reason. Um, but we just want to now apply this and release it. Um, and so what I'm going to say is, um, or let me pray and then I'll guide us through the logistics.
Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for all that you're pouring out at this particular moment as we begin the second decade of the 21st century. Thank you for what you're revealing of who you are. We just love you so much, Father. We praise your name. And may we go under your blessing, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May he rest upon our lives. May we never quench or grieve or hinder your presence in any way. May you rest upon our lives and upon those we love and pray for, both this day and forevermore. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're just going to push them, uh, stack in threes if we can, we're going to push to the sides, um, and then we're just going to um, release joy this morning. Okay, so um, members of the church staff, healing centre team, What we're going to do is we're going to go from the front to the back, down the middle. If you'd like to just receive um, impartation, prayer, then do come down the right-hand side of the church. 
So thank you, Father. We just release your joy in this place now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.